What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. I am the Slow Chemical. This is I See Things a Little Differently. And this is your Monday show for this week. I'm recording this on Saturday, the day before the last pay-per-view of the WWE Network era. Because as of Thursday, the WWE Network launched on Peacock, which I've been told is a complete disaster so far. Um, which we kind of saw coming. <clears throat> I mean, my plan wasn't to merge the Peacock until I absolutely had to. And uh, I believe, I think they said April 4th is when the network is no more. They're going to prorate your network subscription. And then you kind of just, just supposed to take that money and go to Peacock. Um <clears throat> But, yeah, I wasn't in too big of a rush to, to make the switch. Obviously, they want to get everything locked down before WrestleMania, and I hope they do. Otherwise, you're going to have a lot of people that aren't going to watch because no one that I know at least is going to pay $90 for a pay-per-view. Not anymore. So, anyways, um, I will. for those of you who asked, I will not be reviewing the show. There will not be any extra content, only because... By the time I get home tomorrow night, uh, or by the time you got here, here this Sunday night, um, the show might be over, and I'm probably just gonna relax, watch the show, take it all in. On paper, this looks like a very interesting show, um, but no, I will not be reviewing it this week. You'll have us back to our regularly scheduled program with this. Then we'll also have the Snyder Cut review on Wednesday. Um, so let's just get right into it. Um, let's hit the news first. So Eric Bischoff will be the second person inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2021. I know we have like three weeks left, so I'm assuming each week we're going to get an uh, uh, inductee. Um, so, but so far it's for 2021, it's Molly Holly and Eric Bischoff. Um, for those of you who don't know, I'll give you a little rundown of the history of Eric Bischoff. Uh, it's interesting. I mean, he started off, he used to be a model and, um, he was a good looking guy back in the day. You know, I'm sure he still is. I'm just, just saying back in the day, he looked like a model and he was doing sales and then he just so happened to get thrown on commentary for Vern Gagne. And then he went to WCW where he was just doing nothing and he threw his hat in the ring to be the executive producer and that changed the history of professional wrestling as we know it. Um, no matter what you think about him, like I've had people say, Hey, did you hear Eric Bischoff's podcast? No, because he always sounds like a version of Hulk Hogan that's just full of shit. Uh, a non wrestler Hulk Hogan, like he can never remember things. It's, it's to me, there's a lot of wrestlers I can't remember stuff. I remember watching an AJ Styles shoot and he couldn't remember a lot of stuff and it made the shoot kind of I couldn't finish it because it was just like, uh, whatever. But they're taking bumps, like when everyone's saying that everyone had guaranteed contracts. And he's saying no one, not a guaranteed contract, but like uh, creative control. Not everyone's lying. He's, Eric Bischoff claims only Hulk Hogan was the only person with creative control. Um, but it feels like a number of people had, even if it wasn't in their contract. And maybe, and maybe that's where he's trying to be technical. Air quotes, you can't see me doing air quotes, I'm doing air quotes. But um, a number of people you could tell had creative control. 
Anyway, so him getting the executive producer position, this is right after they sold uh, WCW Turner, and it changed the course of professional wrestling. Uh, we know about the Monday Night Wars. We, I'm not going to dig into that. Um, but because he went head-to-head with Vince on Monday nights, and the first thing he did was steal Luger, Lex Luger, right underneath his nose. Luger had worked the night before, a house show with Tataka, uh, and then he, he was out. He was he wasn't in contract anymore. But Vince thought he had an agreement, a verbal agreement. All of a sudden, on the very first Nitro, you have Sting versus Hogan, uh, yellow and red Hogan, and all of a sudden at the Minneapolis uh, Target Center, uh, you just see the Big Small America. You see not Target Center, but the Big Small America, the Mall of America. Um, you see Lex Luger just show up, and what a coup! Everyone has their thoughts on Lex Luger. Think about him what she was, but there was several points in time where he was hot. You know, that summer where he was on the bus with WWE, I think it was 93, he was hot. That that summer and of 97 before Sting came back to beat Hogan, Luger was hot. That is one of the best WWE Nitro moments when he defeated Hogan by himself. Like, I, I, we talked about this on the show a few weeks ago or months ago. Um, what was better, the Sting... Hogan match, or for as far as like the moment, or the Luger Hogan match, to me that that's always been my go-to. I remember that night. I believe Raw was preempted because the dog show, and um, I said, "Oh my fuck!" Because here's the thing: I always here's here's how my Monday Night Wars went, right? So it wasn't really much of a war. The mid card for WWE was trash. I mean, it was. Let's just say it, and um, I just didn't want to watch it. <laughs> I refused to watch it. So, I would watch literally the first hour of Nitro, and then the second hour, I would watch WWE. Um, and that, that did kind of cause some friction with me when wrestlers that came from ECW started going migrating to, to WCW, like the Benoit's, the Malenko's, the Jericho's, uh, when, DDP was, when DDP was coming up. And lucky for me, Harlem Heat were very rarely in the main event once the NWO took over, so I could, I could watch them. But um, that was my only conundrum was those particular wrestlers, like Eddie Guerrero's, the ones I, I fell in love with uh, from at ECW when they came over. Um but otherwise, it wasn't really much of a struggle. I didn't have to channel change too much. But this night, it was preempted, and I remember it. And I remember the following Sunday was Road Wild, where Hogan was defending it. And I, and I remember I had, uh, I had a friend over. My friend said, why are they doing a title match now when they're doing it in six? I said, they're probably going to change the belt. He was like, you think so? I said, why would you, why, why would you do a title match? I said, he's probably going to win tonight and, and, and lose it on Sunday. He was like, hmm, that makes sense, you know? I said, no, it doesn't make sense. But it just, but, but time, Luger was so hot to not give him even, I know it was a six-day run, but to not even put him like, over, I know some people were like, well, Hogan shouldn't have lost anything until he lost his thing. Because of how it turned out, thank God he did. Or else we wouldn't have had this moment. And how come the Heath Mirror Fire always cuts off right as I'm doing this? And it's just setting up. I'll have to get it when I'm done recording. Um, but thank God it did. Because it presented one of the greatest WCW moments. One of the best moments of 1997 in general. It was, just, it was a fun moment where no one, no one from WCW came out until the very end. And they celebrated, and they and it just I just remember that moment. I think and the anticipation built all night and all night. 
And it was one of the few good WCW payoffs where, like, it was worth it. And I understood. I know people weren't for title changes and swapping the titles back and forth, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. This was a good title swap, though. This was a great title swap. Um, but anyways, we don't have moments like this with Eric Bischoff. And Eric Bischoff, for later on, we all know the collapse of WCW. He has been ratings to a degree. He was the first Raw general manager. To me, I loved his run as Raw general manager. Him and Steve Austin had some great chemistry. They just worked well together. He guys come up in when it was in time. To me, he was the only Raw general manager. Because once again, once he left, the authority took over. But once he left, um, to me, the Raw general manager went downhill. But to me, the right amount of comedy, the right amount of seriousness. And like I said, you could never put your hands on Stephanie. Very, very, very few people have. But you could put your hands on Eric Bischoff. And so it just made it good when he finally got his. Um, So to me, he's the best Raw general manager ever. uh, For me. Um, and he's always been raised in my opinion, even when they did TNA, I, I, I know, we know what TNA eventually ended up doing like, as far as like the ratings, when they tried to go head to head, they didn't have the roster at the time. They didn't have the recognition. Like if you were a TNA fan you, or ROH fan or independent wrestling fan, you knew those talents, right? But if you didn't, the mainstream didn't know AJ Styles. Let's be honest. Let's be real. Let's be honest. Like I knew about AJ Styles. I love AJ Styles, but I, I, I also followed him on independence. I knew about Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, but I follow him on Independence. Like, like you, you, let's just be real. People now know who AJ Styles is because he's on a bigger platform. This, you know, but they did not have the roster to go head to head with WWE at the time. But they did pop a rating that first night. Um, so his contributions to professional wrestling, I would dare say, I know NWO was supposed to go in last year and they're going in this year as a part, but it's still technically a part of the class of 2020. NWO shouldn't have gotten in first. It should have been Eric Bischoff. Now, in fairness, he had just been fired from the company six, seven months prior. So, oops. Okay. Um, but his contributions to the professional wrestling industry are um, undisputable, unarguable. And he is well-deserved of not just a WWE Hall of Fame recognition. Because people forget. I know WWE is the end-all, be-all. People are like, well, this person's been in the Hall of Fame. There is a pro wrestling Hall of Fame. You know, that I've never heard any issues. I've never heard any air quotes bias against people. I, I remember that when they wouldn't put Macho Man in the Hall of Fame and Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, say, oh, he's done wrestling? It's not that he needs to be done, but it's like, oh, if he wants to get in, he could come in here. He's like, we're just waiting for him to say, yeah, or whatever. We're just waiting for him or whatever. And it's like, everyone else takes these Hall of Fame so seriously, like, like the Wrestling Reserve Hall of Fame and WWE Hall of Fame. And it's cool. It's it's fun conversation. But let's be honest, like, the, to me, the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame should get more, way more recognition. Now, they may not have the budget to do everything, but, but like, we know when WWE wants to put someone over, they can. Like, Jushin Thun Liger literally had one match in the company in NXT against uh, Tyler Breeze, and he's in the Hall of Fame. Now, first of all, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, any person's Hall of Fame, but the fact that his only match in their company was against Tyler Breeze, and he's in the Hall of Fame, he's a part of Class of 2020, was amazing. And so, as a matter of fact, speaking of Juicing through the Liger, I have something, a funny story I think I should tell you. Guys, I think you guys want to find out here. So, I was going to an ROA show some years ago. I was only going to get Jay Lethal's autograph. I was just like, oh, I finally get to meet Jay Lethal, get his autograph. So, all of a sudden, it's announced, and I didn't see this, but it's announced that Juicing through the Liger was going to be there. 
I had no effing clue, dude. So I'm sitting in line, and I'm like, I look over, and I see this guy. He has this fresh tattoo on his calf. Abjushin Thunder Liger. I was like, what? It's interesting. I said, hey, man, what are you doing with that? He said, yeah, I'm going to have uh, Liger autograph my leg, and I already have it set up to where I'm not even, I'm not even staying for the show. I'm literally going to have my tattoo artist ink it tonight. It's like, when do you mean him? It's like, right now. He's yeah. It's like, no, he's not. He's like, yeah. I had no clue. So when people ask me, because I get this ask question, I get this question asked all the time. They're like, a part of your, as big as your collection is, what are you not willing to give up? I'm willing to give up a lot because I can always get it back. It might be tougher, might be more expensive, but if I really want, I can get it back. But like the one thing that I could think of off the top of my head was the, the, the autograph of Jushin Thunder Liger. Like just the way I met him was so random. And it was like, just like, dude, I don't think I'm ever going to meet this dude again. So it's stuff like that, you know, but that's just a cool, fun story. But yeah, he actually had the guy ink it. He showed me a picture later on. I was like, wow, it's, it's interesting. Uh, but anyways, that is congratulations to Eric Bischoff. Uh, congratulations to Molly Holly. And I'm looking forward to seeing who else is, because we still need our token black guys going to get in, which I have no clues now. That, that's going to be, but we'll see. Black woman, black guy, whatever. Um, Andrade has confirmed that he did ask for his release. Um, I mean, they're not going to let him go. He's too good. And it's funny how I said this last week. It's funny how the the philosophy has changed. At first it was, if you don't want to be here, you don't have to be here. Now it's like, if you don't want to be here, too bad. So, uh, good luck to Andrade trying to get out of his contract. <clears throat> Kylie Ray, some really good news. She took some time off a few months ago for some personal reasons. Don't know, don't want to speculate, none of my business. But she's back in professional wrestling. She's still in her impact contract, but she's going to make her uh, her re-debut against Thunder Rosa, who just had a match that we will talk about later. I will give some praise to. <clears throat> Hulk Hogan and Titus O'Neil will host WrestleMania together. WrestleMania, as of right now, is 75% sold out of tickets for both nights. They're going to sell out. They're going to hit their capacity. So it's not really surprising. Um, <clears throat> Sacrifice, the last TNA pay-per-view, was apparently taped a few weeks ago. As Finjuice has been the tag team champions for a while. Um, they did, But they had to go back to Japan a few weeks ago. So just for those of you who asked me, I didn't know. Someone told me that. And I said, oh, I'm looking it up. And it, it was. Uh, Charlie Caruso apparently has some backstage heat with WWE because she's been late to some shows and stuff like that. Here's my thoughts on this. My quick thoughts. We all should have seen this coming. She's a gorgeous, stunning, ravishing woman. Everything about her like, just looks fantastic. And when you see her on first take, because I've seen her a couple times. I hate that show by seeing her a couple times on it. Like, Because I, I have YouTube going or something. And it'll just like go to a video. You can see her where she actually wants to be. And then you have her in WWE. I'm not saying she didn't like it, but like when you have her with these scripted stuff and she like looks at the camera and says, This could be the greatest wrestling match ever. And it's like, yeah, you don't believe that yourself. And why are you trying to make me believe it? Because I don't. Um when you just have stuff like that, it's like, all right, I know where you're going. You know you all these gorgeous women leave because they this is a stepping stone for them. Uh Kathy Kelly, Renee, they could have kept Renee Young if they didn't do so much lollygagging and extracurricular uh but charlie caruso you could tell was gone like once i saw her this this was like months ago maybe even a year ago when i first saw her i was like oh 
you're going to be on ESPN very soon. So, yeah, whatever. So, that's not surprising. I know some people were surprised. But it's like, dude, she's probably, like, they're probably harassing her by signing a new contract. She's like, I don't want to sign a new contract with you guys. I kind of want to get the F out of here. And they tell her, they're like, well, we're going to put you on TV and embarrass you. She's like, well, nah, you're not going to do that. You know what I'm saying? And so, it's like, whatever. You know, like, most of these people are not coming back to WWE. Like, most of these women aren't. Um, good thing for Kathy Kelly, she left NXT. Uh, so she her main deals were with Triple H. It seems like so that's not that's not a surprise there. And last new note from me before we get into our, our, the shows, uh, Keith Lee had a heartfelt message saying he will eventually tell everyone what's going on, not everyone but the, the true people to him. I mean, look, it's clearly a personal situation. I don't think it's anything COVID related. Um, he's clearly gonna miss WrestleMania, which effing sucks. I was looking forward to him as we're first WrestleMania, but you know what? Whatever's going on with him, I wish him the best. I wish him and uh, uh, Mia Yim the best, and that it's that they become safe and they get happy, and whatever has to go down has to go down for them to get to uh, a, a happy place or whatever they need to get to. So um, that's my thoughts on that. Um, let's get Raw first. It's official for WrestleMania. I'm assuming on night one, this will be the main event. We will have Drew McIntyre getting a shot. He didn't earn it. He did not earn it. This was this was Adam Pearce making this match. Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship. And I was trying to think about something. And I think that Bobby Lashley, because Bobby Lashley should win this, this, this match, without a doubt. I think Bobby Lashley will be the first African-American champion to go into WrestleMania as champion. Excuse me, first African-American talent to go into WrestleMania as champion. And leave as champion if this happens. But I, I, but I, but The Rock was the first one to go in, go in as a champion. But I don't think he ever retained his titles at WrestleMania. No, he lost three straight WrestleManias. He lost WrestleMania uh, 15 to Austin. He lost WrestleMania 16, which is Air Quotes WrestleMania 2000. He wasn't the champion. Triple H was a champion. And he lost WrestleMania 17. But I think Bobby Lashley will be the first one African American talent to go into WrestleMania as champion. And leave as champion. So more history to be made for Bobby Lashley. If they do the right thing. And I do believe they will. Um, New Day. They defeated the Hurt Business to win the Raw Tag Team Championships for the 11th time. They are now officially in Edge and Christian territory. Uh, Harlem Heat territory. And I wrote down in my notes why. And then I thought about it. I was like, it's WrestleMania. And when I see what they did afterwards, it made perfect sense. Because if you look at a talent that has no direction for WrestleMania, let's assume Daniel Bryan's losing this match against Roman Reigns, right? Then you eventually, then you eventually and let's, we'll talk about his thing in the situation, but let's just say hypothetically, Bryan has no direction for Mania after he loses. Kevin Owens has no direction for WrestleMania. AJ Styles had no re- direction for WrestleMania. These are all former world champions with no direction. But if you look at this year's WrestleMania, it feels like WrestleVotes, who reported a couple weeks ago that Vince McMahon has ripped up most of the WrestleMania card, it feels like that because this has not been this has been one of the more uh, perplexing, concerning um, roads to WrestleMania there is. So immediately after the New Day won the Tag Team Championships, almost and AJ Styles come out and AJ Styles says we're officially a team now. And this guy's like a little brother to me. And so we want a shot at those Raw Tag Team Championships. So I was like, oh, that's his match for Mania. Now, 
that answers the why. The New Day, whether you like it or not, are a draw. They sell a lot of merchandise. They may hardcore fans may be tired of them getting belts, but they still do what they, they still they still draw. They still sell merch. They still do things that Vince McMahon likes. And they're more of a draw than the Hurt Business. Now, with me saying that, you can the New Day is in such a place right now to where they can be transitional champions and wouldn't hurt them. It would have hurt the, the Hurt Business. Do I agree with the move? No, I absolutely do not. The Hurt Business should have gone. If you want, you can still throw the New Day in there. And made a triple threat tag team match. They can still, because now they have no match for WrestleMania. And they should, because I'm assuming we're having two nights of WrestleMania this, this last year for a reason. So I don't agree with it. I understand it if we're thinking from Vince McMahon's logic. Boy, oh boy, is that a scary place to be. But that's what that's where this came from. I'm assuming that. They put these belts on the New Day to then just have them lose it. And that will make AJ Styles a Grand Slam champion. He will have won the United States Championship on two different occasions, I believe. The Intercontinental Championship. The WWE Championship. And the Tag Team Championships. So, that answers the why. I'm not saying it's right. That just feels like that's where they're going with this. Asuka is back. And Asuka, they're teasing kind of a heel turn. She beat Shayna Baszler. It feels like as if we saw a more aggressive Asuka. And it's, I'm assuming we're getting Asuka versus Charlotte Flair. And Asuka's going to lose again. Or she could cheat and win and beat Charlotte. But I don't think anyone wants to see Charlotte Flair as a face because she's not a good face. So I'm just assuming we're seeing Asuka versus Charlotte. Charlotte's going to win and get her 13th world championship she's going to obliterate her father's record and last thing you have ali losing to matt riddle there is a rematch announced for fast lane where matt riddle will defend his united states championship against ali i didn't think he was going to win so it wasn't a big deal then we also have braun Strowman versus shane mcmahon or a brawling shane mcmahon um it, it was supposed to be and it was announced that Braun versus Shane was happening at Fastlane is no longer being promoted on WWE.com. I was assuming this match was for WrestleMania. I was assuming this was the direction that they were going with Braun Strowman because a former world champion with no direction. What a surprise. Um, but I guess we'll see. Um, those are your raw notes. Let's hit all of WWE first. Then we'll get to AW last. Um, NXT. Cross and Balor are official for Stand and Deliver. I did get it wrong last week, so excuse me for that. I read it wrong, actually. TakeOver will be two-night event the week of WrestleMania. So that Wednesday, that Thursday, will be TakeOver, their WrestleMania TakeOver. And, and the main event will be, I'm assuming, Karrion Cross getting back the NXT Championship he never lost. Uh, what a hell of a run for, for Balor, though, and... I would have to assume now that Walter's back. We'll get to that in a second. We're going to see that Balor-Walter match that we did not get a chance to see. I'm looking forward to that as well. And this, on this night, they tag team against the current NXT tag team champs, Orny and Lork Lorkin. I can't say that name right for some reason. Everyone keeps making fun of me, but I can't say it right. Sorry. They lost 
after Scarlet was accidentally shoved in the ground by Balor. Cross lays him out. And I was thinking about the reason why I didn't want Cross to win, I said this last week as well, is because I didn't think there were I didn't think it made sense. He's not gonna lose when he's in NXT. He's gonna go to the main roster undefeated. And it's like it just vacates the belt. And if you well, if you do have him lose though, it's gonna be a hell of a rub for somebody. So we'll soon see, I guess. Um Jordan Devlin is back. The guy who never lost Cruiserweight title, but he was a part of those hashtag speaking out movements. We haven't seen him on TV in almost a year. He came out to confront Escobar. I would have to assume and stand deliver. We will have a unification match to see who the official Cruiserweight champion is. Escobar versus Devil uh, uh, Jordan. I'm looking forward to it. And I think that's going to be a great match. Tommaso Ciampa gets laid out by the returning Walter. That will be a fun effing match. Um, Walter's done everything he can in NXT UK. I don't know what else he's going to do. Um, and it, he's had the belt for a, a ridiculous amount of time. I It's been like 500 days or something like that. And I was listening to another podcaster, and he said, his exact words were, it's hard to believe that anyone could beat the, the NXT women's, uh, UK Women's Champion or the NXT UK Men's Champion because they've been so unbeatable. And it's like, well... Eventually, they have to lose. To who? I have no effing idea. But, you know, it's going to need to be uh, someone who overcomes these odds. But we're going to get a Champa versus the Walter match. And I'm all in for that. So, very interesting. Um, Joshi Star Sari is coming to NXT as Io Shirai was staring down Raquel Gonzalez. A big graphic came on. And the women's division there just keeps getting stronger. And stronger and stronger. The best women's division in all of wrestling, hands down. Um, but Io Shirai will not be the women's champion when she does arrive, I'm pretty sure. Because uh, Raquel Gonzalez is getting that belt at Stand and Deliver. Um, and last thing, I, I, I want to mention this. Apparently there was a third outbreak at the CWC. Triple H is in quarantine, but apparently he doesn't have COVID. Um, I don't know what's going on there. But they feel like they have a breakout once every other month. And it's like, are you guys still being at parties and shit? Like, what are you doing? You know, but everyone was like off. If you noticed, the Garganos wasn't there. I believe Indy Hartwell wasn't there. Like, there's a bunch of people that wasn't at these shows. And it's like, you got, eventually you guys have to get it together, right? Maybe not. Don't know. But yeah, that was, that was interesting to see. So, that's your NXT news. Uh, Smackdown. The things that, that stood out to me was a Big E versus Apollo Brawl. I'm looking forward to this match. I'm assuming Apollo's going to get this 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 win and get this Intercontinental Championship, and we're going to have a rematch. They're going to run it back at WrestleMania. Um, but I can see Big E as as much of a, as much as uh just more chasing the belt, not necessarily having it. Um, I did think the Billy Kay stuff was interesting, was funny, not interesting but funny. Like she's trying to be Carmella's, Carmella's new assistant. This is just stuff that I mean. Look, we know Billy Kay's not a great wrestler, but this, she's like the the female R Truth. I think she's funny. She's she's a spot on the roster. She doesn't take up much time, so whatever. I don't care. Um, the Nakamura Rollins brawl was fantastic. We're gonna get that match at Fastlane. I'm just, I, I, I'm so I'm guessing we're gonna have Seth Rollins versus Cesaro at WrestleMania. You know that kind of just got dropped, and Nakamura just kind of took the place of it. So let's see where they're going with that. And Edge defeated Jey Uso to become special enforcer. Now, we did the hypothetical with Daniel Bryan earlier, right? I can't imagine 
Edge just got laid out last week by Daniel Bryan. And then he got laid out again this week by Reigns. He's going to somehow accidentally screw Daniel Bryan over. And I, I would have to imagine this is going to lead to a triple threat match, right? It feels like 2004 all over again where Benoit won the right to challenge Triple H. And Shawn Michaels and Triple H, were in, just, they were just in this feud and there was nothing else for Shawn Michaels to do. So he, he, he super kicked Benoit and signed a contract. And so I would have to assume with two weeks before Mania, I just don't see Daniel Bryan wrestling anyone else at WrestleMania. It just This just feels like it's going to be a triple threat match and Daniel Bryan will be in the ring to take the pin from Reigns because Reigns is keeping that belt. I've been saying Edge... Now, if it stays one-on-one, Edge is getting that Universal Championship from, from Roman Reigns. He is. Bottom line, period. I just don't think... I just don't see where you put Daniel Bryan unless you just throw him in a random ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship or something like that, which I think is freaking stupid. But I don't know. I have no clue what you do with this guy now. And it just feels like this is the way to go. Daniel Bryan's going to, have to, going to have to insert himself into this match after he gets screwed tomorrow night. And I, I just have to assume that. But but I will say, I still maintain my original prediction. If this match at WrestleMania stays one-on-one, Edge versus Reigns, Edge is getting that belt. I don't agree with it. I just can see him doing it. So, there you go. Um, and, well, that's our smack. That's our... That's my dumb notes. And let's just hit AEW really fast. Um, Team Taz looks to be disbanding a little bit. Um, they've been together almost not, almost a year, not not too far away. So I don't know what you do with these guys if you bring them up. I think it's I think you should keep them together a little while longer. But I mean, I don't know. Well, they have to do something else besides lose. Right? They keep losing. Um, so, anyways. Uh, Moxley and Eddie Kingston defeat the Good Brothers, but they definitely lost the war. Um, Kenny Omega stomped, a ch- uh, he pilmanized uh, Eddie Kingston's knee. Um, they got they got the crap kicked out of him afterwards. Um, this is far from over. The Young Bucks came out to to make the stop, and then they and then the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega put up the two sweet sign, and the Bucks walked out on him. So. It's interesting. And we've seen dissension among these guys. They don't, the Bucks don't trust Don Callis. I'm going to go on a limb here and make a prediction that in that tag team championship match between Ray Phoenix, Pac, and the Bucks, somehow someone's going to accidentally screw the Bucks and Ray Phoenix and Pac are getting those tag team championships. At first, I didn't think they were going to win. But I said, you know what? You already had this, this tournament or this ladder match. For the TNT title, only to do a heel turn for Scorpio Sky. He's not getting that TNT title away from him. Uh, I always had to assume these belts were going to change hands. Speaking of the TNT title, Darby Allin may have challenged John Silver. And next week, he says, he would, he says I've only defended the title three times. That's unacceptable. So in honor of the greatest TNT champion of all time, talking about Brody Lee, I'm going to issue a challenge to the Dark Order. That match will be fun next week. John Silver versus Darby Allin. Darby Allen's keeping that belt, but it's going to be a fun match either way. The name of MJF's new stable is called The Pinnacle. I like the name. I like the group. And it's and Air Circle is now in this, this is a show. 
But when they come come back, we have to we're gonna have to see it's gonna be a huge brawl, right? <laughs> it's gonna be time for revenge. So I'm looking forward to that. Cody defeated Penta with the roll up. Far from over. This dude's far from over. The match was decent, but I think they're gonna have much, much better matches. And I'm definitely looking forward to that for sure. And finally, the first ever match between women to headlight to headline AEW Dynamite was the third lights out match in the history of the company. Lights out matches, it seems, are the way AEW goes for their Hell in a Cell, Steel Cage, big blow off of feuds. These women, Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker delivered. They beat the hell out of each other. There was blood. Britt Baker was gushing. And I enjoyed every second of this. I thought this woman put in. I know the ratings dip for these guys, these women, but I thought this was a great match. And they they and they did what they needed to do. So even if you don't like their women's division, and I love the back and forth at the end. It wasn't back and forth, but uh, Britt said, you forgot to kill me. Face of the women's division. And the Thunder Rosa said, I'm the face of prof- I'm the, I want to be the face of professional wrestling. <sighs> nice comeback. But these guys, these women did their thing. I'm a huge fan of it. I know NWA is coming back and Thunder Rose is going to be more towards there because she's still in the contract with them. But she's a much bigger star now than she was before. So I'm so glad they brought her to, 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 to television. Um, that was just a great match. Uh, and to me, if you can find it on YouTube, I'm sure it's somewhere on YouTube, you should watch it. So, Anyways, that's the show for this, this week, the Monday show. Check me out on Wednesday where we do the review of the Snyder Cut. Um... I thought it was a good movie. You'll get my full thoughts there. Um, but anyways, hope you guys enjoyed Fastlane, enjoyed Raw, enjoyed this show. That's the podcast. That's I see things a little differently for this week. We are out.